Episode 411, Evolution at War podcast. Coming away, Steve Smee here and the Rickster. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? So this one, guys, we have some fun topics. Let's get right to it. So the first one, uh, I want to get your opinion on this, Rick. So this has been a trend I've been noticing that some guys will pop in and they'll post something like this and they'll stick around for a little bit and then they'll disappear. So uh, come is the bunch of different reasons for this, but I wanted to get Rick's thoughts because Rick's been on forums for a long time. He's been a admin and running forums for a long time. So he's seen a lot of this. He's made a lot of friendships on the forums and guys disappear. So this is what they want to know. They said is planning one or two cycles than quitting forever realistic. In other words, is it possible to run one or two, let's say one steroid cycle and just quit or run a couple steroid cycles and quit forever and then just never use steroids again? What do you think about that? Topic? Extremely possible. Uh, a lot of people do it. Many, many guys do it. Just one or two cycles and they're done. For you guys out there that have been training naturally five to eight years of hard natural training, where you busted through some plateaus naturally, maybe have a little bit of supplements. For any of you guys out there that, that manage it like that, your first cycle, second, third cycle, your first three cycles, you're going to gain some poundage that you're going to be able to keep long-term, even if you don't uh, keep using anabolics, even if you don't stay uh, with the steroids, you'll be able to, to use it. So, um, You'll, you'll be able to keep those gains. So, yeah, I mean, if you've been training naturally five, eight years and you just want an extra 15, 20 pounds that you can keep long-term natural, you hit two, maybe three cycles, um, and then make sure you PCT properly, uh, take some testosterone booster, take my HC Generate product, hcgenerate.com. Take that uh, for, uh, take a few bottles of it, uh, about two months uh, cycles uh, every six months for, for a couple of years after you've, you're finished with your cycles. And you should be able to hold on to some pounds that you'll never get rid of. Now, mind you, if you just started working out a year, two, three years ago, and you throw steroids on top of that, you're going to lose everything because you're not even close to your genetic potential. And you just made it harder for you to gain muscle mass naturally. So, that doesn't work if you've only been trained a year or two. But yeah, man, if you waited uh, to hit the sauce until you had five, eight years in, chances are most likely than not, you're going to keep uh, a good bit of those gains. You're going to be an extra 10, 15, 20, maybe 30 pounds, depending on your genetics and your size to start off with. You're going to be those extra pounds heavier uh, than you were before the cycle. So that's it. See, here's the thing. Uh, my perspective on this is if you're going to stick around and keep weight training and keep in the game, I don't see that as being a realistic proposition to say, yeah, I'm just going to do it once or twice. Because when you're on the steroids, you're going to feel a certain way and you're going to want to, you know, what I'm saying next time, two years down the road, you're going to want you're going to work out and you're not going to be feeling that same thing. You're not going to feel those pumps, those steroid pumps that you get. You're not going to feel those strength improvements. You're not going to get that extra boost in protein synthesis and all the things that steroids do for us. So to think that, yeah, I'm just going to run steroids and they're going to be 
so awesome. And then I'm just never going to run them again. That's only in my mind going to happen if you end up just quitting the gym entirely or just quitting weight training. So I, I see once you open those can of worms, so I tell the young guys, don't open that can of worm until you're really going to accept it and, and have a long-term. Yeah. So yeah, at the end of the day, I don't see that happening. So you want to be careful with that type of mentality. If you're a younger guy, don't be like, yeah, I'm 22 years old. I know steroids are not good for someone my age. So yeah, let me go and, and run a, a site. I'm going to run a cycle or two and never use it. I promise never to use them again. No, I see you. I see you continuing to use them. Steroids are cheap. A lot of people, you know, use steroids. Um, you know, a lot of people use steroids because they're not expensive. You can buy a, a, buy a vial of testosterone for 40 bucks. I mean, it's, it's not that expensive to use them. It's, it's less than they cost to wash your car. So I, I don't think it's realistic to have that issue, but the people that seem to do that, um, I've, I've known guys that ran steroids at a young age, didn't run them. They stayed in pretty good shape. They kept working out. And then later on in life, they used them again. They went back to using them. So I don't think once you open those can of worms, I don't think you can close it back. I just see you, as long as you're weight training, as long as you want to you know, get results and want to get strength, you're just going to go back. The, the thing is, the first time you run steroids, when you're on it, usually what happens is, I know it happened to me, I know it happened to you. Um, I felt like on my first steroid, I was like, man, I'm already ready for my second. I wasn't saying, telling myself, yeah, I'm never going to use this shit again. So I'm curious if anybody ever used them once and you're like, you know what, I'm done. I'm done. If you, I mean, if that's the case, come on the forums and definitely I'm curious uh, to hear, hear about it. All right, guys. So the second one we're going to talk about is why do steroids cause lethargy, fatigue, and all that stuff? So it's a domino effect. Uh, if you listen to our last podcast, episode 410, where I actually schooled Rick on morning depression, and he got, he got triggered. But the reason that a lot of people have um, – that's, that's basically a byproduct of if you've got existing issues with sleep and overstimming yourself and uppers and taking downers to go to sleep, you get on steroids, it makes it even, it makes the situation even worse. You're going to get more lethargic in the process, but all things being, let's say you are healthy. I've seen this happen before. Let's say you are healthy. You go into cycle. Uh, the first time I ran steroids, I was 6% body fat, 6%. I ran a cycle and Man, I put on so much mass. I mean, it was incredible. I reacted so well to my first steroid cycle. I gained a lot of weight fast, okay? And that was on purpose because I literally set a goal to gain all that weight. I didn't have guidance at the time to tell me, hey, you need to treat this like a marathon on a sprint. No, no, I was sprinting. I do, that's how I do everything in life, all right? I'm like an A person, A plus personality. I, I charge everything. When I want to do something, I do it, you know? So I gained a lot of weight, a lot of fast. And I gain a lot of size. And when that happens, it puts a lot of strain. Puts a lot of strain on your body. Puts a lot of strain on your heart. And when that happens, your body, just imagine having to carry gallons of, of water on your back all day. Of course, you're going to get fatigued. Of course, you're going to get tired. So the weight gain is a factor. It's a domino effect. You get the weight gain. You get the heart issues. 
you get the insomnia from gaining all that weight. Although I didn't really have an issue with insomnia. I remember I, I, I would, I would, it would be weird. I'd wake up sometimes really early in the morning. I want to be able to go back to sleep. So it was a little bit of a, of sleep issues, you know, that came on from the weight, from the weight gain. Um, but it wasn't really that bad with me, but I can imagine if you already have existing sleep issues, this can cause a major issue. And that's a domino effect. So now you get that, you get that, you get that. And then on top of it, you get the insomnia. You can't sleep. So of course you're going to be fatigued the next day. So that's a, it's a really common thing. So what I recommend, number one thing, treat it like a marathon and not a sprint. You want to just gain a small amount of weight on your cycle, small amount of weight. Make sure you're running an AI. If you not run an AI and you're running something that aromatizes into estrogen, like testosterone or dianable or any of these other steroids that cause a lot of bloat, then you're going to gain a lot of water, right? That's, that's going to cause the issue even worse. So make sure you're running an AI when you're on the cycle. If necessary, you need to run your AI. That will help combat it. You also need to run... You also need to donate blood. I would donate blood before your cycle and I would donate blood the next chance you get on cycle. That's going to help. It's going to help. It's like, it's going to basically help your blood. Like your blood's going to get thickened, 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 thickened on cycle, right? Red blood cell count goes up. Give it up. Give some blood away that will get those numbers back down. You'll feel better just by giving blood. You probably notice like, if you're in a really bad situation on cycle and you go get blood, you'll notice like the next day you feel like, oh, I feel better. So that that's also a factor. Um, make sure you go into cycle with good heart health. If you can't run a mile without stopping, I would say that's a good indicator that your heart health sucks. So you know, if you can't even make it a mile without having to stop, that's something wrong there. There's something wrong with your conditioning. And when you go on cycle, it's going to get worse. So you want to make sure you have good conditioning on a cycle. Your resting heart rate is good. Your blood pressure is good. Your cholesterol is good. All your lipid health looking good. Your liver is in good shape and all that stuff. And that will, that will help on cycle. And then supplementation, support supplements. So um, Rick, you want to talk a little bit about and two guard and why that's important to use on cycle and what does it have in it? Yeah, definitely. And two guard, you go to end the number two guard.com. If you want more info product contains 44 ingredients, uh, seven capsules per day, 30 days per bottle. And it's basically has all the stuff you need for your organs while you're on, on steroids, while you're on these cycles, it's got everything from liver support, kidney support, heart health support, cholesterol, um, water retention, blood pressure. It's very complex, very well put together formula that, that has a set of ingredients to deal with each of those concerns that a steroid user might have. Everything, as Steve mentioned, is, is very valid. Everything from the sleep apnea to just the, the, just the vast amounts of growth the cycles where I felt lethargic, where I felt kind of tired, worn down, sleepy, were the cycles where I was gaining the most mass, was gaining the most muscle mass. And there's definitely different factors. I think different steroids contribute to loss of sleep or just loss in your quality of sleep and, and feeling tired during the day. Each 
they can each contribute to that in a different way. I think Dianable does it more, something like Dianable does it more because of water retention and, and just the amount of, of weight you gain so quickly. Uh, something like Trembolone does it by just fucking with your sleep pattern and maybe not letting you get that good full rest you need. Uh, the effect is almost the same during the day, but it's happening towards for different reasons. So you kind of need to know how your body responds to each different uh, steroid and, and just keep your dosing low. That's another thing, man. You want less side effects when you do these things. You want to gain the most benefits without feeling like shit and without having to take so many more additional drugs. Just keep your dosing low. Keep it, keep it low. Like Steve said, a marathon, not a race. So you keep nice, steady pace. Don't rush, but don't pause. You know, don't be in a rush, but also don't fall off your grind. Don't, don't stop your grind. Don't, don't fall off. So that's what we're talking about. Is it okay to give blood while on SARMs or steroids? This is another topic I've seen pop up a lot lately. Um, so here's the thing uh, when it comes to blood donation. When you go in there, it's really easy to do. Um, you can look up online where to donate blood. It just depends on where you live. I don't know where you donate blood, Rick. You're the you're a giving person, right? Where do you where do you give blood? Because of my um, situation when I travel out of the country, I just have a nurse come in and and help me draw a bunch of blood and and it, it, I just dispose of it. I don't I don't donate it because um because you're you're dirty because <laughs> I'm on who fucking knows steroids. What, who knows what you're taking, right? I'm on because I'm on I'm on steroids, SARMs. I mean I'm you know, GW. So you I got just all those fucking girls that you're banging in third world countries, huh? <laughs> who knows what the fuck you got, right? Uh, now I'm you know I'm really I'm really good on that. No STDs, man. Um, you can always just slice your wrist. Um, just bleed out that way right it's it's so easy to draw blood it's just incredibly easy and look if you can inject intramuscularly yourself you could figure out how to draw blood effectively i know i have you know i've drawn blood myself out of myself before it's uh, uh it's a little bit harder when you do it yourself because you can you can if your hands are not steady you can hurt uh you can hurt uh the, the right where you're going in but for the most part, it's just so simple to draw blood. Uh, I mean, I when I'm in South America, really for like 20 bucks, a, a nurse would come in and come to the house and, and do it for me. And then I just dispose of the blood. We're talking about giving blood. We're not talking about. Well, I'm, uh, look, I don't. We're not talking about that for 20 bucks. Look, look when, you, when, when, you go, when you go donate blood, because I've done it, uh, there's a point where, you, where they ask you if you're taking illegal drugs, if you had if you've had any uh, illegal drugs that are, that are injected, if you've had any uh, tattoos recently, you know, they ask you all these things. And if you fill it out, honestly, um, then your blood is going to get tossed in the trash anyway. In order for your blood to be used, you'd have to lie on that form and say that you're not using any illegal drugs that are injected, that you're, you know, you'd have to lie for them to use your blood. Yeah. That's what I was going to get to. So when you fill that information out, they're going to ask you if you travel to different countries and all this stuff. I want to answer it honestly. Yeah. No, but I, but I, I once put that down. Like, oh, you can't get blood. So next time I went in, I just fucking lied. I say, I know I, I didn't travel. So, so they're going to ask you, have you used injection? And there's a point at the very end of the donation where they ask you one more time. If you know that there's a good reason why we shouldn't use your blood, 
mark it here, yes or no, and, and then it'll be secret. We won't see it kind of like they're they're giving you all the chances to tell on yourself so they don't they don't use your blood. But I mean, everything. that brings me to the final point, though. If you're on SARMs or steroids and you donate the blood, the blood's going to be good. You know, the blood's going to be good. You're not hurting anybody. It's not bad blood. So my thing is just go on there and fib on the thing. You're also going to have to pass the blood pressure. They may prick your finger. Uh, the last year I've been going, they don't prick fingers anymore. They have another way to test for your iron. So I'm not really sure um, how, I don't, even, I don't even know how they do it. They put something on your finger or something, but um, they test for your temperature if you've got a fever. So they want to make sure a lot of people get rejected because their blood pressure is too high or their iron is too high or iron too low or something like that. So, but you should be fine to proceed. Go ahead and donate the blood. There's nothing wrong with your blood. Uh, don't tell them to throw it away and you know, you'll be fine. The reason they do that is because they're just trying to make sure that you don't have any diseases. If you're injecting with needles and, and you know, all this stuff, it's, it's going to say, have you ever paid for sex or anything like that? Just, you know, they're just making sure they don't have any diseases or anything. So on, on, a serious on the form, do you ever let them know that you were in love with a scripper? You don't, you don't you omit that. I, I, I do actually put it in and that's okay. That's okay. okay because that's safe. But so, uh, <laughs> dinner, dinner and a cell phone bill is not really paying for sex. Yeah. It's just being but you mentioned sex. about Eduardo in the, <laughs> when you were drunk that one time, what's his I, name? Eduardo. I, I tell you what, man. I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't donate it. I don't. Um, I don't let it go into the into the public because it's kind of, it's kind of like they have these rules. They have the these set of things. And look, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to draw some blood because I'm a fucking steroid user. Not, you know, that's. Uh, and if the paperwork says, hey, you know, are you using drugs? I mean, I'm not gonna, you know whatever. And look, in my, my situation says I go to, I travel to, to South America a couple of times per year. It's just so much more convenient to like have somebody come in, pay the literally $20, maybe a little bit less, have somebody come in, pay the 20 bucks to spend a little bit of time with you, helping you draw blood. Um, they bring all of their nurse brings all of the shit that's necessary. Uh, and that to me is, is better and easier and toss the blood out than for me to go to the do the whole donation thing which i mean it takes it takes a good while to go there fill this shit out wait here wait there see this person see that person it's it's more time consuming and i'm i'm just trying to do it for my own health benefits so i you know i it's just easier for me you know to south america just have somebody come to the house i mean i, I you know i've drawn blood uh, while i'm recording the podcast with you from from south america where we've been on zoom before I've been, I've drawn blood before sure, while, yeah, while, while cool. we do the podcast. Like, I, you know, I just mute the mic while you're talking, have the, 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 the girl come in and help me out. Like Mul multitasking, just, right? It's so convenient, man. It's so convenient. Uh, Cause you're just trying to get some blood drawn out of your system. Um, that, yeah, that's it. So let's talk about after you do the donation. Um, I have a different perspective than the ring. I think we have a responsibility in our community. Uh, there's a kid out there that his, um, his family was driving. They got hit by a drunk driver. The kid needs the blood. Okay. So very, very important. It doesn't take long. If you're given whole blood, it does not take you in and out in 10, 15 minutes. Unless, unless there's like a long line or something, usually there isn't. 
Um, but if you're giving plasma donations, which I've done before, can take a long time. But I'm telling you, plasma, if you give, plant, if you give plasma, I wouldn't work out for a couple of days. Uh, that will really wipe you out. And that's a great way. If you're having trouble sleeping, you're just on a bad roll or you can't sleep, go and donate plasma. You will sleep like a baby. I mean, it will knock you out. But if you're giving whole blood, I've given whole blood before and I was in the gym like an hour later. Just drink, hydrate, and you're back in the gym. So I think we have a responsibility. We're the healthiest, the baddest guys in our community. We have a responsibility to help our community out as much as we can and donate. So you can go online and um, and donate. Uh, donate. But, but then also the benefits of it, uh, if you're talking about personal benefits, the benefit I like is that when you donate the blood, they actually you can go on and sign in on their website. Um, I do. I'm I'm a one blood donor, and you can actually see your stats. They will tell you your blood pressure. They will tell you your um, cholesterol levels. They will tell you your iron levels. They will tell you all that information. So it's really really cool because cholesterol numbers are uh, with regular blood work with regular hormone blood work is usually not going to be included. So if you want to get your cholesterol done, when you go get your blood work, you have to pay more. You have to pay another like 80 bucks or hundred bucks. Uh, so it's, it's really cool to, to see the cholesterol and actually see how your cholesterol. And I've given blood before on trend. My cholesterol got as high as like I think 220 or 230 uh, total cholesterol. So that tells you how, how horrible trend is for, for your cholesterol. And then when I'm, when I'm off steroids, my cholesterol is down to like 130, 140. So that's a big, big difference. So it's kind of interesting to kind of track things when you're on cycle or off cycle. It's a really good learning tool to, um, to see, see your cholesterol levels. All right, guys. So the last one we're talking about is why don't you guys talk about peptides? So I guess this, um, I should basically turn it over to you, Ray, because you, you're the director of the show. Um, you know, we have a producer of the show and you're, you're kind of the director of the show. You're the boss man of the show. Um, even though I guess I'm the host of the podcast, but you're, you're the man, you're the director and you're one of the sponsors of the show. So we really appreciate, uh, Rick, uh, sponsoring the show and making the show allowable because, um, you know, he's, that's really, really nice of him to do that. So I have to, well, I have to ask you this. Why don't you guys talk about peptides? I guess guys want to learn more about peptides. So what's your answer? We kind of go in order from what, what it's more popular, what's been around longer and, um, and what you and I have a good experience with. So we start off with the steroids. You and I both have good experience with steroids. And then we moved on to talking about SARMs. And uh, we're just now getting started with doing uh, peptide shows here and there. I don't have a ton of experience with peptides myself. I've used a few of them, but that, that bullet, I didn't want to spend until I got to the age I am now, just 40. I've always felt like in my 20s, uh, steroids, really just steroids and some supplements got me to where I needed to be. In my 30s, I added some SARMs here and there, making fat loss and a lot easier, healing the joints, stamina, all that stuff. I did add some in my mid-30s along with different newer and other steroids I hadn't tried before. And now I'm getting to my forties. Now I have done growth hormone. I've done IGF one. I mean, I've done, I've done some, some of these uh, peptides and I've used that pathway towards building muscle and 
losing body fat, but I really wanted to to wait until I got a little bit older to really spend that cartridge and and go and go into that next that next step. And we're in that journey now. Um, my next uh, cycle here in the next couple of months, I'm going to be introducing some peptides. I'm going to be doing some some more. Uh, uh, I'll talk to you guys about the cycle that I'm doing, and that's kind of been why. You know, at the end of the show, we we tell you guys we're not doctors. We're just speaking from our own experience. Well, uh, my experience with steroids is vast. My experience with with uh, SARMs is better than most guys. My experience with peptides, personal experience, I'd say it's it's not it's not the best. I understand the science behind it. I understand a ton of the hypothetical, the science, the applications, how it, they interact with other compounds, but I don't have a ton of experience with them myself. So it's been a little bit of, um, I guess, a little bit of a mental block, me putting that content on the table for you and I to do, Steve, when maybe uh, uh, I might not be as as familiar with using them as, as you have or other guys listening. But I need to get over that shit real quick and, and start doing some of these uh, peptides and, and sharing some of this information that I, that I have and Steve has uh, with you guys about these peptides because a lot of guys are doing it. A lot of guys that I work with insist on adding peptides to their, to their program. And I'm, I'm okay telling them, all right, if you really want to, if you really want to add that, then sure, you know, just, just why not? I guess you could add it on and some guys swear by them. Other guys say they don't feel shit. A lot of guys wonder if they even got real stuff because uh, when you're doing a big, heavy cycle, adding a peptide or two might be negligible, might be, uh, unless you're coming back from an injury with something like TB 500, uh, you know, unless you're doing something like that, uh, doing a big cycle with some SARMs, and then you throw a couple of peptides on top of that. It's hard to know if shit's real or not because you're doing a bunch of other things and, and some of the effects. I mean, unless it's something real specific, like I said, TB500. So we're going to do more. We're definitely going to do more. Um, we just haven't kind of gotten around to those compounds, but they're, uh, they're on the block. They're in the queue here for uh, for some of the newer compound episodes we're going to do when we, when we cycle out of the, these lifestyle episodes and go back to uh, just straight compound episodes, straight chemistry. We're we're going to tackle all of the peptides one by one. Yeah, I've used a bunch of peptides. Um, and uh, the only one that I really know about, but I've actually not personally used melatonin, melanotan. It's a tanning peptide. I don't need to use it. I mean, I'm, I grew up always outdoors, so I naturally tan just my whole life. But I'm really close to people who I've who've used it, and I've absorbed observed them using it, um, and so I know a lot about it. I've used BPC, I've used TB500 a lot of times, used them both a bunch. I've used um, some growth hormone peptides. Really, they're all the same. Um, maybe there's some some small differences between them. I've used. Um, you know, I've used, I've used several other peptides as well. So I've had, I have experience with them. Um, and they're, you know, they're tools, they're tools as well. So we'll, we'll get to them eventually. Um, shoot us the ones you guys want us to talk about, and we'll be happy uh, to discuss them. And then we'll, uh, we'll go from there. But one of the main reasons Rick didn't bring this up is that the past 
15, even 20 years, it's been hard to find legitimate peptides because there hasn't been forum sponsors that have been selling them because um, there hasn't been enough of a demand. If there was a demand for to use them, sponsors would of course step up to sell them. And the and some of the the companies that have come and gone, their their peptides have been kind of bunk anyway. But now we have more and more sources to our disposal and that are vetted, they're approved, and they have good quality peptides. So that's why I've been using them more and more. And Rick is starting to get into them a little more and more. So we'll talk about them. At, at, uh, definitely we'll, we'll get to them. There's, I had someone the other day who was a fan of the podcast. You know what he told me, Rick? He's like, he's, he listens to, um, he's been listening to the podcast. He hasn't gone to all the podcasts. But he's been listening to me. He says, he says, don't you guys run out of things to talk about? So this just proves the answer is no. There's always something else to talk about on these podcasts. So we'll, we'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely hit it. Oh yeah. We don't, we don't, I mean, it'd be impossible to run out of topics. Someone posted a comment on, on, on YouTube. Um, a guy said like, how many times can you really talk about testosterone and DECA and Diana? I think that was kind of the quote. And, um, I responded, I said, there's so much information just about those three steroids, so much information that, I mean, we could, you could write just a, a whole book just on testosterone, and they are on testosterone alone, write a whole book just on Dianabol, everything from the history to, to the use, to studies, to modern use, to, and then we're going to stack in it with other steroids, with SARMs, with peptides now we're going to be talking about. So there's just so much information to cover that we can, we can be in this podcast the next 10 years. And as we record more and more episodes, there'll be new information, new drugs, new techniques, new studies, new things that we can always incorporate into the podcast because the science and the information is happening, is being generated as we're recording this. So now, I mean, we'll, we'll never run out of stuff to talk about. We can, we can talk about steroids for the next 10 years. And we don't, we're not going to talk about just about steroids. We're going to keep talking about these steroids, SARMs, peptides, new uh, performance enhancement drugs that are coming out, diet, training, cooking, uh, the mindset. We've talked about relationships, girls. So there definitely won't have a... We don't have, we won't run out of uh, things to talk about. Look, we've been, we've been this on this podcast a couple of years now, and we, we haven't even covered all of the drugs that bodybuilders are taking. Yeah. I mean, we still, we still need to do the, all of the peptides, uh, maybe go through some of the diuretics and some, you know, it's just some of these other things that, you know, we have, we haven't even gotten around to yet. All right. So guys, that sums up 411. And uh, I think we had a good show, Rick. I think I think we did good. I didn't pound you too hard on this episode, like I did last episode. So that's a good sign. It's uh, it's like it's like a uh, professional wrestling, you know. It was just a, yeah, a, it's an act. We're we're characters. We're at, we're just acting here. It's a little professional wrestling. <laughs> we're acting. I I I may not know what I'm talking about, but I stayed at a Holiday Inn. Is that how the commercial goes? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Huh? <laughs> huh? We are not doctors, but I stayed at a Holiday Inn. But I stayed at a Holiday Inn. 
<laughs> or you could be like the people on, uh, on, on, on social media. Trust me, bro. Hashtag trust me, bro. You know, when, when they say <laughs> fake, they natty, they fake natties on social media, man. It's so funny. So many guys out there yeah. taking tons well, of drugs. I, I want to know why. Well, they're 28 years old and already bald. So, I mean, obviously, you know, how much steroids have you used in your 20s? You're already fucking bald at 28 because all those steroids rip, ripped off all your head hair. So, that's, that's, uh, that's some, guy, some guys lose their hair, never touching a fucking ounce of stuff. I, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. I know you're, you're <laughs> I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Can you just get a wig? I mean, I don't understand <laughs> what the deal is. <laughs> I think, uh, I think trying to, uh, put a wig on or brush two little hairs you got up there. I think that's just, there's no, it's no decent. It reminds me of uh, Goodfellas. You've seen Goodfellas, right? Remember the guy in the in Goodfellas? You know, you know what I would have might, you know what I would have might do? Um, the, the microscalp, the, the microscalp pigmentation, they use an organic pigment pigment that uh, it fades over time and it just makes it look like you got a, a nice stubble. Like, I think that would be cool. It's not a, a improves the way you look and you're not you're not like trying to brush three little hairs up in your forehead you know it, it just it, it's kind of using a um organic ink to fill it in a little bit i thought that was pretty cool huh. so something something like that yeah. i might cons- i might consider but not a fucking not no 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 wigs or anything oh man that's this is have some fucking dignity man if you if you if you can already see your scalp through your hair just just shave that shit off not, I mean, I growing up, I never thought nothing. I didn't think anything looked more ridiculous than the grown men brushing their hair to the side or spending all kinds of hours in front of the mirror trying to figure out how to make a bald spot. Not just just shave that shit off. Some fucking dignity for crying out loud. I mean, geez, but um, scalp micropigmentation. I think that's pretty fucking cool. If I you know, if I did go through with it, Steve, I'll make a whole uh, YouTube series about it for guys to check it out. I'll do a three, four episode YouTube series on on um, scalp micropigmentation and, and, and how, how it went for me. You're muted, buddy. You're muted. The whole head hair thing does make a difference because when you're bald, you get look older. So... It does like it is kind of cool, but there's 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 some guys that look good bald. There's some you know what's really bad when you're bald is those guys that are bald up top and then they got hair on their side. It's like a reverse mohawk. That looks pretty fucking bad. Well, uh, that used to be a kind of a style back in the eighties. You watch like eighties movies, like guys used to have that kind of look. It looked bad. Well, uh, it depends how you wear it. You know, you can if you wear your your baldy with pride and and you don't look like someone who's trying to pretend they're not bald, but you wear that shit with pride. I think you're fine. There's, there's, there's big screen Hollywood actors that are bald. They do, they do well. And we've always had um, actors in leading roles that are bald. It's just all the way back from Bruce Willis down to like recently uh, Vin Diesel and, and everybody else in between. Just wear that shit with pride. Just, just be a fucking man. And I think, I think, if you just if you just rock a fucking baldy, a nice shiny baldy, and you got the muscles and you got the rest of the of the package to go with it, I think that's fucking cooler than you trying to brush three little hairs up there, uh, trying to make something happen or, or getting plugs or something that makes your your hair look funny, and then you're not you're not cultivating a cool bold look. You're just you're just a dude. <laughs> 
trying to cover up for the fact that you're going bold. So, I mean, I, th I think that's just what it is. But uh, yeah, scalp micropigmentation. It's, um, if I ever did think about doing anything to improve maybe the way my, my hair would look, it'd be that. Um, it'd be, it, it's kind of cool. I mean, you're getting, uh, sort of get a tattoo on your fucking, on your scalp. I think that's kind of, in my opinion, that's kind of cooler than having a couple little plugs up there that look shitty or, or having a wig or a fucking rug up there that you're gluing on there and shit like that's, that's kind of not, not fucking in my opinion. Right. That's kind of not cool. I don't know. What do you think, Steve? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's good. I think it's good. You're figuring that out. I don't have to worry about it. So I'm good, bro. I'm good. I mean, I, if I run a bunch of Winstrel and a bunch of trend, my hair will start falling out. So in no time. So, but I, uh, I don't do that, bro. I don't abuse steroids. So I'm good for now. That, that, um, the actor, Jason Stanham, how do you pronounce his last name? Jason Stanham. He's a, he's a, I can't pronounce this guy's last name right now to save my life. But uh, he does, you know, he's a does he's an action hero, the transporter. Uh, he was in Fast and the Furious too. Um, I mean, he wears that shit well, right? He doesn't, you know, he, he, like if you if you got the attitude, if you got the rest of the things figured out, you could look fucking cool uh, with your baldy. You know what I mean? Much cooler than you would, like I said, trying to hang on to, to three four hairs up on top of your head. Speaking of that, we'll have to talk about that in another episode. For Steve Smee and Rickster, this was episode 411. We will talk to you guys next week. Take care. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.